Well, good morning. Thank you for that testimony, Pastor. Just a reminder that God is ultimately in control. God is still a miracle-working God. And if anything, that should build our faith. And uh, we have a wonderful God. We have a wonderful God. And we've been praying for Pastor and the church here at Greater Portland Baptist Church. And I know many other churches have been praying. And I'm just glad to hear the report. I know there's a lot more things that need to take place and a lot more prayer and healing. And we'll continue to pray for that. It is a privilege to be here this morning. I don't take it as just, uh, uh, you know, just something I do. It's an honor to be here in this pulpit. I told Pastor I was intimidated to see him back there when I walked in, uh, just uh, just because out of respect. And I know he's a preacher of the Word of God, and I want to do well today. And then I saw Pastor Shanks too, and then I got, oh wow. And so, but uh, anyways, I'm just blessed to be here. I'm one of your missionaries. I'm a servant that God has allowed to be in ministry. I've been doing this for 20 years now, full time. Previous to that, I was an assistant pastor, but um, I've been doing prison work full time for 20 years. And it's just a privilege. It's an honor to serve God um, and to be part of the ministry um, of sharing the gospel with others and and um, this morning, I want to talk about a portion of Scripture. And let's turn to Matthew chapter 13. By uh, information reasons, uh, all the prisons are opened up full-time now. Um, I was doing um, pretty much full-time anyways as far as Zoom and in-person services in the prisons but I'm doing, as of yesterday, uh, full-time in all my facilities. There's four different facilities. Uh, Callis County Juvenile Detention Center. I was in there for the first time in a long time. I was doing Zoom meetings through all COVID through the season through there, but I'm in person for the first time yesterday. I was there. Uh, I did two services. I had four young people come to know Christ as personal Savior. And, uh, and then, of course, we're in uh, Donald D. Long. I'll be in there this afternoon. That's the jail, the juvenile detention center that houses Clackamas County, Multnomah County, and uh, Washington County kids there in Portland. I'll be there uh, doing several services this afternoon. And then, at, uh, and then on Monday, I'll be at uh, McLaren, and uh, that's the prison there in Woodburn, Oregon, the youth facility. We have about 200 kids there, and I'll be going from unit to unit and just uh, sharing the gospel and witnessing and doing Bible studies there. And so, and I also am able to go during the week uh, uh, at Donald D. Long and just uh, uh, go from pod to pod and person to person and just be able to share the gospel, witness, pass out tracts, uh, help people there. And uh, God has just opened up the door and he continues to open the door. We're doing still Columbia River. Uh, we do that on a weekly basis also there. That's the state prison there in Portland, Oregon uh, for a medium security prison. So we're just full blast and we're just going and uh, doing what God has called us to do. And again, I remind you as a missionary, I could not do it without your support, without your prayers 
and uh, it's going to your account. God is using uh, your missions and and uh, as you give to missions and as you pray for us, uh, you're seeing fruit and it's happening on a weekly basis um, and many times during the week. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside and a great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundred, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold, hundredfold. Let's jump down to verse 18 of Matthew chapter 13. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and casteth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receiveth the seed by the wayside. But he that receiveth the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also receiveth among, uh, he receiveth seed among the thorns. Is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. Verse 23, But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that inheareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for today. I'm thankful for the opportunity to open up your word. My prayer is that I could be a good communicator this morning and just be able to be a blessing and a help 
to someone today. I'm thankful that I could help Pastor as he's out of the pulpit this morning. And my goal is just to be a communicator of your word and help me to do that today, I pray. And I ask this and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, God is looking for great men not to do so great things, but He's looking for people to sow. To sow. In our text, we hear the parable of the sower. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, and Jesus often used parables to teach us uh, spiritual uh, truths. And this is what He's doing here. He's using the seed as the Word of God. And we sow that seed. We plant that seed. When a farmer goes out and he has a field and he works hard to uh, work that field and plow that field and fertilize that field and all the work entailed and to get that field ready, how silly it would be if he never planted seed. And so we here are learning about what Jesus is teaching and about sowing. From this parable, we will draw out the need to witness, to share the gospel with others. Uh, There's a need to sow. We need to sow. There'll never be a harvest. There'll never be a harvest unless there's a sower. We need to sow. You know, a fertile heart will not bring people to Jesus unless there's seed, unless there's a sower. You know, I work in the prison ministry, and we see people saved all the time. And I think of it as a fishing hole because it pretty much is. People are ready to hear the gospel there for the most part. They're down and out. They're looking for answers. They're scared. They're they're just need help. And they're pretty much open for help. It's like a fertile ground. But they'll never get saved unless there's seed. Unless seed is planted. The seed must be there. If there's no seed, there'll be no salvation. There must be seed sown. The seed never changes. The Word of God is pure. The Word of God is right. The seed is always good. There's no better seed than this seed that God gives us, the Word of God. It doesn't change. It works. Its promises are true. As we learned this morning, God is in the business of changing lives. And He uses the Word of God. And we need to understand that the Word of God is important. God's Word, Baptist Church, you guys understand that. The God, God's Word is precious. And we must read it. We must apply it. We must spread it. God's Word. So, do not withhold the seed. Don't hold God's Word. Um, Some believer's heart may be on hard ground, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't give him the seed anyways, because we don't know. We need to give him the seed. We don't, we ought not to withhold the seed. Someone's hearts may be a bad ground, but Take it to them anyways. It's our obligation to sow the seed. So let's examine here the four different types of ground illustrated by our Lord Jesus Christ. The first was the wayside. 
as we go into this parable, we see in verse 4, And when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the fowls came up and devoured it. So we throw the seed. There's the field. And we, we plant the seed. We give the word of God. We give the gospel. And we see that, you know what? They don't understand. But why? There's different reasons why. But as we see in scripture, uh, it fell on the, by the wayside. If you look at, if you think about the field, uh, there's the plowing and there's the different parts of the field and there's the part I think of, I'm not a farmer and I'm a novice as far as that or even gardening, but I understand, you know, when you're working in a field, there's that fertile ground and you plowed and you fertilized and you watered and all that stuff, you got it ready and there's the path that the tractor drives on or that you walk on in order to work that, that field. And that's hard ground. And if the seed falls on that hard ground, it's not going to obviously do well. And likewise, the word of God, as we give it out, remember, we always give it out. Even if it's hard ground, we give it out anyways. But Satan blinds the minds of people. We see in, in, uh, in scripture here, um, in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore seeing, I'm going to go a little bit quick here. You might take notes or if you could turn real quick, but just for the sake of time, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Therefore seeing, we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves for every man's conscience is in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is as in the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus Christ. For God commanded that the light shineth out of darkness, hath shined in the hearts to give the light of knowledge, of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In verse 4, it talks about in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Satan has blinded them. Oftentimes, I'll witness to people, and you begin to share the gospel, and they might be open and they're listening, but as you preach and teach and you get into the scripture, it seems like they don't get it. They don't understand. There's a lot of reasons for that. But one of the reasons is, you know, they've been blinded. They've been in this world. Uh, there's so much confusion. And, and, and again, I remind you, we're going to give it anyways, and we don't know their heart. We don't know the what, what, what ground we're throwing it on. But I often see, man, they're just not getting it. Uh, they don't even understand that they're sinners and, and, and that they need a Savior. And, and again, Satan's at work, and he's going to work. And, and some of them, that seed that you throw out will go by the wayside. But again, I remind you to give it out anyways. 
Another reason, sometimes we're out and we're not prepared. And where there's an opportunity, I don't know about you, I've been there many a times when the Holy Spirit says, you need to witness. Uh, that person needs to hear the word of God. But you know what? I'm not prepared. Maybe I don't have my Bible. Maybe I don't have any tracks. And again, and uh, many a times I did have my Bible. Many times I did have my tracks and I didn't do it anyways. But anyways, what, I, the, I, what I'm thinking here is uh, sometimes we don't use scripture. That's so important. We need to have the seed. <laughs> we need to be prepared. Uh, you know, your testimony is great and I understand that. But you know, the word of God is powerful. We need to carry our New Testament. We need to carry the Bible. We need to have the Word of God. And I believe sometimes we miss the boat and we miss the opportunity because we're not prepared. Psalms 119, 130 says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. We need the Word because that's the light. We live in a dark world and the light is the Word of God. We need to use the word of God. It's not my opinion. It's not my thought. It's not what I think. It's the word of God that we need to use. And it's so important as believers that we're we're prepared. We need to carry the word with us. We need to be that sower that has the word. Remember what I said earlier. It'll do, do us no good if we don't use the seed. You'll never see the harvest. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith cometh by hearing. And what are they going to hear? And hearing what? The word of God. Believe it or not, me, even a missionary in full-time ministry, there's been seasons where I haven't been prepared. There's been days where I haven't been prepared. I didn't have the Bible. I didn't have the uh, the gospel. I didn't have the track. And, and, I, and, and it didn't do me any good because I didn't have it. And it's like falling on hard ground. We need to be prepared. Satan's at work. Satan doesn't want people to hear the word of God. He doesn't want it sown. But don't be discouraged. If the, the, if the word falls on deaf ears, uh, you may not know what God is going to use. Your words that he's going to draw others to him. Uh, you know, oftentimes I'll share the gospel and I'll see somebody saved and that's great. And that's wonderful. But you know, it's God that saves them. It's not me. But there's also somebody that's been praying for that person. There's also somebody that's been sharing the word of God with that person. You know, in first uh, Corinthians chapter three, verse six, it says this, I have planted Apollos watered. But God giveth the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God giveth the increase. So we all have a part. You're praying, you're sending, you're, uh, you know, you've been doing your part and uh, brother Rick happens to be at the right spot at the right time. I'm prepared. And then uh, God gets the increase and we share the word of God. Again, we're sowing the word of God. Um, now he that planteth and he that watereth are and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. But it's a team. It's a team effort. 
uh, we, we're going to work, we're going to pray, we're going to send, uh, we're going to print material, we're going to get the Bible out, and it takes all of us together. And then God gives the increase. But he says you're, you're going to get a reward, all of you, who work together to get that seed planted. And God will give the increase. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is not drawing. It's very important. The Holy Spirit's at work. Jesus made it clear, if he's not lifted up, he will draw all men. Uh, Jesus made it clear that if he is lifted up, excuse me, he will draw all men. But sometimes my life, your life, does not lift up Christ. It exalts self. And the Holy Spirit stays away. Uh, I never understood. And again, I'm just saying what I'm observing is that, you know, somebody that has a bad attitude is hateful and, and is not living for God and, and just doesn't have a good testimony. And then all of a sudden they're going to share Christ with somebody. I don't know how effective it will, it will be. Okay. Somebody once said, uh, we're the Bible that only, uh, we're the, like the Bible that people are the only one that will read us and our actions and how we handle things and how we react to things and the way I act and speak. And, and if I'm a bad example, I can't be a good witness. The Bible talks about that and we need to be careful. Um, Romans, Well, I mean, John chapter 6, verse 44 says this, No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up on that day. And then in Romans chapter 5, verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 5, it says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So I believe sometimes we believers can hinder the Spirit of God drawing men to Christ. Because of sin in our life. Because of sin in our life. We need to be prepared. We need to have the scripture. We need to have the seed. We need to sow. And part of that preparation is our life, is our testimony, is the way we, our manner of life in this world. We ought to try and strive to be Christ-like. And then people will listen. People will listen. Many times I'll go into an institution and uh, I'll work that institution and some are so hard and they don't want anything to do with me. But you know what I do? I just be present. I just be faithful. I just show up day after day, week after week. I be kind. I show the love of Christ. I offer help. I'll sit with down, down with them and I'll play a game. Uh, I'll sit down and talk with them. I'll ask them about their family, their situation, their court, and whatever. And I have an interest in their life. And they begin to soften. <laughs> that ground begins to soften. 
And then they, they, they know that they could trust and, and they could confide and they could ask. And then they'll say something like this, Brother Rick. Hey, Brother Rick, it's good to see you. Whereas before they would never even acknowledge me. Hey, Brother Rick, could you pray for me? And I understand, you know what? We need to show the love of Christ. We need to be prepared uh, we ought to not just expect to go in and people just to listen to us. No, God uses us. Secondly, stony places. Some will not endure. Uh, there's three factors why people uh, go into stony, uh, stony places. They hear the word. It makes sense to them. Uh, but you know what? They don't get doctrine. They don't grow. Uh, we need to get the word of God in them. We need to do discipleship. We need to get them into a good church. We need to get them into good fellowship. We need to get the word of God in, in them and, and they need to learn doctrine. First uh, Peter chapter two, verse two says this, as newborn babes desire the sincere, sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. They need growth. They're babies. They need growth. Acts 2 verse 42 says this, uh, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers till we come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into the into him all things, which is Christ. They need the word of God. They need discipleship. They need love. They need acceptance. And we need to do that. We need to do the best. Uh, you know, I do witnessing a lot and I share Christ with a lot of people. And, and, and I, my goal is to, to get them the gospel and point them to the Christ. And many people come to Christ. But in the prison, I'm not a church planner. I don't have a church there. I can't plan a church there. But my goal is to get them to the church. To get them in a solid Bible-believing church. They need the word of God. I give out Bibles. I give out the word of God. And they begin to read and they begin to understand and they begin to grow. Oftentimes I tell the guys, I see them, they get saved. They start growing. They're in church there in the juvenile detention center. And they're, they're man, that you see the fruit and you get excited and they begin to grow and they have a, a hunger for the word of God. And then they get out. <laughs> and then uh, I'll see them a week or a month or three months or a year later, come back in the institution. And, you know, they'll come and they'll see me and they'll have their head down. And what happened? Oh, man, got out. And before you know it, I was right back in the stuff that got me here in the first place. I said, did you go to church? No. Did you read your Bible? No. Were you praying? No. There needs to be truth. There needs to be growth. 
They're new, new, they're just babes and they, de, they desire their milk of the word and that, and they need that word of God and they need to grow without that baby formula, without that food, without nursing, whatever it is, there's not going to be growth. There's going to be unhealthiness. The word of God. And also what a new believer needs is love. We talked about that in Sunday school very well. Thank you for teaching that. Love and acceptance. How sad it is. And it's hard for all of us. And I'm the first one that's guilty. Some people are just so unlovable. They're intimidating. We don't have a whole lot in common with them. John chapter 13, verse 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men shall know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Oh boy, we need to get that. We need to take a hold of that. The world needs love. One of the things I've been able to do lately, I'll walk into a pod and I'll see a kid and he's down and out. I could tell something's going on in his brain and he's just, he's not doing well and he's sitting there and he's angry and I'll approach him and kind of a rough response as I approach him and I'll just stand by there and I'll say, Hey, is there anything I could do for you? They'll say no, but I'll just stay there and I won't say much. I'll just stay close by. I just said, you know, I'm a preacher. There's churches that send me here because they care about you. They'll kind of just put their head down. They'll listen. I said, I want to have, I have this message for you. If I could just give it to you and I'll hand them a track. I said, could you read this sometime? And by the way, I just want to let you know, God loves you. And he proved it by dying on the cross for you. And I've done that several times this week. And the kid will pick up his head. And many times his eyes will water. And he'll listen. He'll say, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I needed that. I'm going to have a tough time. Nothing's working out. I'm not sure if anybody cares about me. God does. God loves you. You know what people need? They need to be loved on. And only Christians know how to truly love. I know. I'm just as guilty. Some people are hard to love. They don't look like us. They don't smell like us. They don't, whatever it is, it's just, it's intimidating. But God calls us to be a sower, to sow the seed, to sow the love of God. You know what other, you know what people need too? 
is purpose. They need purpose. Uh, they need to know that God has a plan for their life and a purpose for their life. Every Christian was created for the purpose of God and to worship God and to glorify God. And we need to let them know that. John 4, 21 says this, And Jesus said unto her, to her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh and ye, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. For we worship ye know not what that, I'm sorry, we know what we worship for salvation of the Jew. But the hour cometh now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such worship of him. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We're created for God's worship. We need to worship God. We have purpose, and it's to worship God. We need to live for the purpose of God and glorifying him and worshiping him. It's so important that a a believer understands that. Every Christian, secondly, needs to be a witness. God uses us. It was, we hear it time and time again. There's people that you could witness to that you're the only one that's going to be able to do that because you're there. Pastor's not there. You're there. You work with them. They're in your home. They're in your workplace. They're in your shopping center that you go to. And they need you to be that witness. Jesus said, Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the name of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I am with you always. We need to go. We need to have a plan. We need to be prepared. Every person has a purpose. Every Christian has a, to be a witness. And every Christian has a purpose to serve. Matthew twenty twenty five. And Jesus called unto them and said to him, Ye know that the prince of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. Verse 26 of Matthew 20. But it shall be, but it shall not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give life a ransom for many. We need to serve. We need to serve. We need to serve. God has a place for you. God has a purpose for you. We need to find that purpose and we need to get at it and do our job and, and to work hard at, a, at it. And then there's some. Thirdly, the seed among the thorns. Some get distracted. It was kind of referred to in Sunday school. The cares of this world. 
We're so entangled in the world. Luke 9, 57, And it came to pass that as they went away, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee wherever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air, and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath not nowhere to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury the dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell. Which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Man, the cares of this world, huh? We're all guilty. We get so entangled. We get so busy. We're building a business. We're building our family. We're building our, our, our life. Uh, you know, we, we're doing, we're, we're, we're helping these people. We're helping the community. We're doing, we're so busy, but we get distracted from the most important thing. We need to be careful. We need to be careful. I need to be careful. We all need to be careful. And sometimes those things are legitimate reasons. Uh, but Jesus says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares upon him. For he careth for you. We have the cares of this world and some of them are legitimate. But I understand we need to give them to the Lord and put him first and let God take care of everything else. Casting your cares upon him. You know why? Because he cares for us. The deceitfulness of riches and, and gain, uh, Proverbs 3, 7, be not, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Oh boy, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Oh, we need to live for God. We need to trust God and not just trust him and just preach it, but live it and apply it in our lives. And then lastly, fourth, the seed on good ground. How much fruit have you borne? 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. It's not our duty to bring forth fruit. We simply need to sow. But I can't help wonder of a lack of growth in our personal spiritual life is due to a lack of sowing. 
First Corinthians 3, 6, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God giveth the increase. It's God. And He deserves the glory and He does the work. But we need to sow. We need to water. We need to work the field. Again, I remind us, there'll never be a harvest. There'll never be a harvest if the seed is not there. We need to get the word out. Yeah, I know. Some goes by the wayside. It's part of the plan. God, Jesus talks about it. Some falls on stony places. Oh boy, we need to teach doctrine. And I know you do here at this church. We need to love. We need to love. And we need to give purpose. The purpose of worship, the purpose of witnessing, the purpose to serve. We need to keep people busy for the purpose of God. Some fall among thorns. Man, maybe that's us. Maybe that's me. We get distracted. So many things going on in this world and there's so many things that pull our attention. We're watching the news. We're doing this. We're This is happening here. Family issues here. All kinds of things are going on and we get so easily distracted from the main thing and we need to keep the main thing the main thing. Cares of this world. But there's the the good ground. The good ground. But let's not lack sowing. Let's keep busy. Busy. We need to have vision. We need to go forward. We need to set goals. We need to get our priorities in order and, and, and there's a, there's a plan in place. Because in order for there to be fruit, somebody's got to sow. Who is going to sow? Who is going to sow? The, I had a, uh, in the past three weeks, the Mormons have been real busy in my neighborhood, but they don't have this. You know, the thing about sewing, anybody can do it. You can do it. You don't have to go to Bible college to sew. But you know what? You need a heart for the lost. You need a heart for the lost. Is your heart broken for the lost? Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weeping and bearing precious seeds shall doubtless he come again, rejoicing, bringing his sheep with him. When's the last time you cried for that lost soul? You need to trust God. God will do it. Oh, but man, I don't want to get rejected. Oh boy, they're not rejecting you. You just trust God and you'll be surprised what God can do 
First Corinthians nine ten. Oh, saith he, it's it t- all together for our sake. For our sake, no doubt, this is written that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresh thresh thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. He's saying, just work the field. Just go. Just trust me and see what happens. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. If we don't get the word of God out, how will they have faith? And we need the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's be Spirit-filled Christians. God's going to work. God uses ordinary people to get His job done. If you're here this morning and you've never received Christ as your personal Savior, you don't have anything to sow. Why don't you become a Christian today? If you receive Christ as your personal Savior, you're not on the wayside, for you have understood salvation. Are you the seed on stony ground this morning? Are you okay, but you lack doctrine and truth and Bible reading and and studying? Are you among thorns this morning? Your spiritual life is being choked by those weeds, those distractions in the world. Or maybe you're on good ground. And if God, if I may ask the question, if God would allow me, what does your spiritual harvest look like? Oh, what a responsibility God has given us in this parable. An earthly story with a heavenly truth that he's trying to teach us. Are we doing our part? The preacher's preaching to himself this morning. You just happen to be listening in. But has God spoken to you? If you're not saved this morning, come to know Christ. Maybe you're here today and you say, Brother Rick, I'm not even sure. If I were to die today where I'd spend eternity, but I'd sure like to spend eternity in heaven. You know, the Bible says all of us are sinners. None of us are perfect, including this preacher. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short. God's perfect, God's holy, and we come short. We miss that perfection mark. The Bible says there's a penalty for sin. It says for the wages of sin is death. It's not just talking about a physical death, but it's talking about a spiritual death, which is separation from God. Ain't good. The Bible talks about in the book of Revelations, the lake of fire. Hell. That's what we deserve because of our sin. And that's where we will go if we have to pay for our own sin. But the good news is that God so loved the world. God loved us. And he proved it by dying on the cross for us. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son. Hey, Jesus loves you. He wants you to be reconciled to him. Jesus paid the penalty for your sin. Have you made him your savior? Have you put the matter of salvation in his hands and his hands alone? If not, why not this morning? Are you on good ground? Are you saved this morning? You're a Christian. Man, you got a good church. You got a good Bible. (laughs) Man, you got some good teaching. It's all in there and you're in your head. Hey, have you been sowing it? Have you been doing your part? Are you bearing fruit? Let's bear fruit. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful for this parable. I'm thankful for the opportunity to share it. And Father, I pray, Lord, maybe there's somebody here today that would say, Brother Rick, I'm not saved. Or I doubt whether I'm saved. But I want to get that settled this morning. If that's you, I want you to pray with me. I want you repeating a prayer after me won't save you, but you believing and trusting And Jesus will save you. You might say something like this and meet it in your heart. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know there's a penalty for sin. And I can't pay that penalty. And I don't want to go to hell. But this morning, I want to get that settled. I want to trust you. I believe what you did on the cross was for me. And it's payment for my sin. And today I ask you to be my Savior. I want, in other words, save me from the penalty of sin. I believe what you did on the cross was for me. I believe you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart. Be my Savior today. In Jesus' name, with everybody's head bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. If you prayed that prayer with me, Best way you know how you called upon Jesus today for the first time. Would you just let me know by raising a hand? I won't call you out. I just want to know so I could pray for you. Is there anybody here like that today? You say, Brother Rick, I put my faith in Jesus today for the first time. Is there anybody here like that? Let me know by raising a hand. Maybe you're a Christian today and you need to just do some business with God. Whatever it may be, the altar is open as we do the invitation. We are thankful, Lord, for loving us and dying on the cross and forgiving us your word. In Jesus' name, amen.